Jam Journals is a proud partner of Yesterday's Concert Podcast and member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. This was the moment. My heart felt like it was going to explode from my chest. I tried to play it cool. For once in your life, man, be cool. But I was absolutely giddy. I lifted my arm, waved it to the night sky, and wrapped it around the girl sitting to my right. We made eye contact. She laughed and laid her head against my shoulder. I did it, man. I did it. Jane was a hippie girl that I met at my community college. Long brown hair, great smile, and we loved all the same jam bands. We had a history class together. During an icebreaker, the teacher asked everyone to say their favorite band. Hers was Keller Williams. My head snapped and my eyes lit up. I was caught in Cupid's chokehold. She was dating someone at the time, but we got to be good friends anyway. I occasionally took a shot to flirt with her, often to no reply. A year later, with no more boyfriend, I had my chance. We sat on a street bench closer than we'd ever been before. A downpour earlier in the night during Blind Melon's set had soaked us to the bones. Naturally, it was during no rain. After the shower, the Mississippi night air became thick and humid, but that didn't stop us from squeezing in together. I laid my head on top of hers and her wet hair pressed against my cheek. We were drenched, sweaty, and starting to stink, but I couldn't have been happier. In the distance, ZZ Top blasted through the streets of downtown Jackson. They were the headliners at the street festival we were attending together. We'd stuck around for a few minutes to see if the beards were real, but after a few songs, I saw my shot. Hey, it's super loud out here. Do you want to go somewhere and hang out? I didn't actually care that it was loud. I loved loud rock and roll music, but I did want to hang out. On rare occasions, a pretty girl was enough to pull me from the music, and this was one of them. We found a bench around the corner where we could still hear the blaring amplifiers and rowdy crowd. We stared at the stars, talked, and laughed. It was the happiest I'd been since the day I met her. Things didn't work out with Jane. We never officially ended, actually, but we also officially never started either. After a year of crushing, I finally had my chance, and then a few weeks later I moved away to attend a four-year university. There was talk of making it work, but we both knew long distance wasn't going to be for us. Sadly, we were a summer fling and a major bummer. But where I moved on to other heartbreaks, I never forgot about that concert. I had seen ZZ Top in the flesh, but had I seen ZZ Top? I heard every note they played, but I also tuned them out every time Jane opened her mouth. There was nothing to regret about that night, but aging rock stars were becoming more problematic each year. ZZ Top weren't spring chickens at that show in 2007. I'd spent the last decade pretending I'd actually seen them. The reality was, the only thing I saw that night was Jane and the stars. Welcome concert goers, music fanatics, and sharp-dressed men. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode of Jam Journal, we open the pages to March 8, 2017. Grab your earplugs as we go to the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee for ZZ Top. I leaned against my father's black Toyota Camry waiting for him to begin our day. It was just another day in the school year. 
another day that my dad drove me to high school. As a ninth grader, I was at the pinnacle of my perception of coolness, yet I was failing miserably. None of my friends had their license yet, and the bus was a literal nightmare, so dad was my only option. When we finally climbed into the car, I went straight for the stereo. The moment those dials lit up, I pushed the fourth preset button. But what was I so eager to tune into? I wasn't going for the latest and greatest of modern radio music. Skip the hits of the early aughts. Skip the Nickelback, Hoobastank, and Outkast. No. I was going straight for the classic rock station. Z106.7. Classic Rock. The sweet sounds of a bygone era of rock's greatest hits were coming out of the radio before we exited the garage. As the static faded and the song tuned, today we started with Peter Frampton's Do You Feel Like We Do. I remember seeing him in 1979. It was at the Mobile Municipal Auditorium, my dad said. He told me this every time Frampton came on the radio. Unlike most teenagers' dread toward their parents' repeated stories of nostalgia, I was all ears. I loved this story. Arriving at the high school, the sound of classic rock radio blasted as I emerged from the vehicle. In normal situations, my peers would feel the shame of their parents' uncool music. Dad, this music is so embarrassing. The embarrassment of a teen emerging to their parents jamming, why can't we be friends? But not for me. Anyone who knew me knew this music was a point of pride. For most teens and parents, music is a source of contention. They don't make music like they used to. Music was better in my day. Except when it came to my dad, music was our source of bonding. Some crazy switch in me flipped when I got into high school, and I became obsessed with classic rock radio. My peers were thriving on the sounds of the early aughts. Bands like Creed, Slipknot, and Three Doors Down. Then there was me, hooked on classic rock radio. Led Zeppelin, The Doors, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd. I loved it all. I was in agreement with the old farts. Music ain't what it used to be. But during those high school years, there wasn't a lot of musical growth. I never gave up too much ground. If anything, I became further entrenched in my logic. Modern music bad, old music good. There was the occasional band to slip through the cracks, but by and large, I liked what classic rock radio told me to like, and the buck stopped there. I saw from early on that most of pop music hits were a flash in the pan. Fun in the moment, but gone tomorrow. As far as I was concerned, it was only worth my time to stick with the music that had survived the decades. And when it came to concerts, I had no interest in engaging the culture. While friends would rage with their peers at the hottest new band, you could find me at the Piccadilly Early Bird special to see Bob Seger. Out they walk, the exact characters I expected and wanted. Albeit a little grayer than the history books, their beards were still long and lush. Well, except the drummer Frank Beard, but we all know that story. The sequence from their blazer danced in the spotlights. They wore their sunglasses indoors to maximize their cool. Despite being in their late 60s, I was secretly glad my wife wasn't with me. I wouldn't stand a chance against these guys. They took center stage to thunderous applause. Guitarist Billy Gibbons nodded to his counterparts. And an aural brick wall slammed the theater. The drums rattled my core. The steady chugging of the bass guitar crept through the floor like an anaconda in pursuit of its prey. Billy wore his guitar low on his lanky body, forcing him to lean forward to reach the instrument. He sidestepped the microphone and joined bass's dusty hill in a brief line dance. 
He slid back to the microphone with the swagger of a man half his age. She likes wearing lipstick. She likes French cuisine. His voice was more gravelly than I remembered from the classic rock radio, but it fit perfectly with the raunchy attitude. And when he stepped to the front of the stage to take his outro solo, Dusty Hill slid in next to him, and they started another choreographed sway. It was a tease, though. It wasn't the full-length, give-me-all-your-love-and-hip-shaker that the crowd wanted, just enough to whet the appetite. ZZ Top had a magical, deceptive sound. Somehow they sounded wildly loose, but there was no miscues, and nothing was unintentional. They were a tight-knit crew. Frank Beard was a solid foundation that never wavered, never sped up, and never strayed. He didn't show out, he didn't go off script, and he was there to do exactly what drummers do, keep the band locked in. Billy, on the other hand, danced with losing control. His guitar picking seemed purposefully crude. Many times I questioned if that was a bad note or an improvisation gone rogue. Billy was better than that though. He was in total control. But where the playing could be loose, the dance moves were tight. During almost every song, Dusty and Billy took a syncopated dance that sent the crowd screaming. They'd pose and point for the camera. They never cracked a smile though. They were too cool for that. Cheap gimmicks were the name of their game though. The dances were only the start. Things like having beer written on the back of Billy's guitar which he flashed strategically throughout the show. But all of it, the dances and the jokes, it was old man humor at its finest. Jokes that would make a teen blush in embarrassment. Yet the older I get, the more I catch myself laughing at their candor. But where ZZ Top wasn't a cheap gimmick was giving the fans what they wanted. Start to finish, nothing but the hits. As a music fan, you buy the ticket to hear your favorite songs, especially when it comes to legacy acts. You're not paying to hear tracks off a new album that's been released 20 years past their prime. The artistic side of me respects continuing the pursuit, but, but the music fan in me wants to hear legs and sharp-dressed man. That's just my fan take, though. I don't know what it's like to be in the same band for 50 years and playing the same songs night in and night out. What's it like being confined to the representation that classic rock radio forms you to be? My early perspective of ZZ Top was molded by Z106.7 in Jackson, Mississippi. Classic rock. But ultimately, the main reason these guys still have their venue-filling reputation is because they've consistently met those expectations. They know the songs that fans want to hear. They know the songs that are going to get the biggest cheers. Never in my life had I heard so many grown, overweight, old men shouting out the lyrics of their favorite songs. With a song like Give Me All Your Lovin', there's no need to wait until the encore. For the Memphis show, ZZ Top threw it in the four slot. Four songs in and we're already getting one of Classic Rock Radio's favorite songs. Memphis, Tennessee. We ain't a long way from home. We back here. This was grade A, classic stadium rock pandering. I have no doubt Billy loves playing Memphis. The blues are at the root of ZZ Top after all. It's what they do, and because of that, Memphis was a target audience given our musical heritage. The music lent itself to easy and frequent crowd interaction. With songs like Jesus Just Left Chicago, making reference to Mississippi and that big muddy river, it was too easy to throw in a Memphis this or Memphis that to get the crowd hooting and hollering. Can we play some blues, Memphis? Billy said. We're just making this stuff up as we go along. The band eased into the slow blues groove of Catfish Blues. This was one of the few times the band detoured from their hits but it was a welcome stroll through the band's influences. Billy Gibbons used the history lesson to show off his chops. 
Standing at the lip of the stage, he leaned over his guitar and ran through a blues scale. He slowed it down and pointed back to Dusty to pick the lyrics up. As Dusty seduced the audience with the crass lyrics, Billy sang the notes back on his instrument. We've been coming around these parts for four decades. Same three guys, same three chords. The audience got a kick out of the self-deprecation. I don't care how many times ZZ Top has played songs like Sharp Dressed Man, Legs, and Cheap Sunglasses. For a classic rock fan, this was everything. These songs obsessed my classic rock-fueled teenage brain. In all my days driving around small-town America listening to classic rock, I couldn't fathom seeing a band like ZZ Top. Classic rock. That was beyond me. It was like hearing my dad's Frampton story in real life. This was the kind of show I would sit in awe of as older music fans recounted past shows. Instead of Grandpa Tell Me About the War, it was, Hey Mister, Tell Me About ZZ Top on the Eliminator Tour. And now I have my own part of that story. I didn't care if this was prime ZZ Top. These were the songs I grew up loving. Rather than sitting on a street bench a city block away from the action, listening to the sound bounce off buildings, I was in it. There wasn't tale to chase or romance to pursue. I was falling in love with classic rock radio all over again. These songs were an instant nostalgia trip. Back to the good old days. The house lights came to life telling the crowd they didn't have to go home, but they gotta leave. I filed into the aisles and joined the herd exiting the venue. The old theater's narrow halls made close proximity mandatory. Eavesdropping wasn't something you could opt out of. Shoulder to shoulder with my fellow concert goers, I was forced into their conversations. Ooh, girl, give me all your loving. How great was that? An older man exclaimed to no one in particular. Billy still got it, don't he? Another older male responded. You know, I saw them back in 81, and it was just as good tonight as it was then. The first guy said back. Like a space mission gone wrong, I came crashing back to Earth. I surveyed the room and saw the crowded halls. These people weren't like me. I was the youngest person in the room. And by my approximation, the average age came down a solid 30 years by my presence alone. Overweight, balding, or grain, some had canes and others held the wall for support. Then there was me, not even 30 years old yet. Of all the concerts and all the legends, for the first time, I felt the age difference. These people were not my peers. They weren't even my parents. They were almost my grandparents. As I listened to the classic rock stories my fellow patrons shared, I realized I would never have these stories to share. The bands of my youth were old men. The classic rock of my adult life will be bands I overlooked and altogether skipped. When I'm a dad driving my teenager to school, what happens if they turn on the classic rock station? What commentary on Creed and Three Doors Down will I have? They still suck? I'll sound even more like the old farts I grew up with. Yes, it's important to see these legendary artists while they're still with us, but what was I neglecting in the process? For more than a decade, I refused to give modern artists a chance because they were modern. Judgment wasn't passed for talent, but for age. Unless there's some crazy biological advances, the music that I grew up with will soon be long gone. By 2040, what will classic rock radio sound like? The Strokes, Arctic Monkeys, and Vampire Weekend? Assuming my children follow my footsteps and love classic rock radio, how am I going to relate with them over this music? In this scenario, I can only hope they're normal and find embarrassment in my music taste. 
For the first time in my life, I realized I'm out of touch. It was an unwanted epiphany. I've sidelined new music in favor of its predecessors. But when I debated my rationale, I found there wasn't a reason other than single-mindedness cloaked as purism. As a classic rock fan, this was a wake-up call. When I looked at the audience, I realized that ZZ Top may have been their first and last concert. Whose concert would I be seeing at that age for the sake of the good old days? Would I be piling into a theater to see a 67-year-old Taylor Swift? I can already see the disappointed look in my children's faces at our outdated music taste. Who's Taylor Swift anyway? That night I made a pact with myself. Try something new. A little new music isn't going to hurt. If anything, it's going to make me appreciate classic rock even more. There's too much music out there to remain stagnant. Just give it a chance. Music is art, and there is no objectivity in art. There's something beautiful and wonderful in every song. What that beauty is may be subjective from one person to the next, but there is something to appreciate in every song. It was my job to be open-minded enough to find that. This doesn't mean that I enjoy everything I hear, but it encourages me to try something I would have otherwise skipped. I'd like to think I've held up that end of the deal with myself. I've heard a lot of crap since then, but I've also been turned on to a lot of bands I would have otherwise skipped had I not put the work in. So next time a boomer tells me they don't make music like they used to, I'll agree. But I'll also say, maybe you should look harder next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jam Journals and reliving one of my favorite concert memories. Have you seen the artist before? How was your experience? Similar? Better? Worse? Let us know on social media, at Yesterday's Concert. We're on all the channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Give us a shout or shoot us an email at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. Until next time, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and check us out at yesterdaysconcert.com. And don't forget, take care of your shoes. <laughs>